Hi, welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Eb. We'd like to say a special hello to our number one fan. You know who you are, you lucky ducky you. Today we'll be discussing The Vampire's Mail Order Bride by Kristen Painter. Delaney is on the run after witnessing a mafia-related crime. She pretends to be a mail-order bride and heads to Nocturne Falls to hide out with her groom-to-be. That groom is Hugh, a vampire with his own agenda for the setup. Hugh's sworn off love completely until he meets Delaney, but after they discover each other's secrets, will love be enough to keep them together? There will be spoilers beyond this point. So Erica, tell me about the story. So we start off with Delaney James, and she's an aspiring baker candy maker, and she's working part-time at Rastinelli's Trattoria in Brooklyn. The restaurant has uh, has rumors that it's a mob-related restaurant, but Delaney doesn't really believe that. Yeah, it's very like nudge, nudge, eye wink, eye wink. I don't know what else you'd be winking other than your eye. So wink, wink. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, her boss is Rastinelli, the owner of the restaurant, and um, she was off work, but she's actually on her way back to work because she forgot her apron there that had all her tips in it. And when she gets there... Um, she hears, uh, people talking in the other room and being a nosy person, she goes over and she turns on her phone and holds it around the corner. Well, yeah, she's so got she the little spidey senses see going. what's going on. And I think it's very, you know, <laughs> now very current to be like, you know, I just think I'm going to turn on my camera phone. You know, it's just, <laughs> you just never know when, when something amazing will happen and you'll want to record it or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, well, actually, that's a good point because um, she, she hears it start to get heated. And so she actually does start videoing uh, what's going on. And she witnesses Rastinelli shoot one of the guys that's there. Yeah, I love that moment where he's like... <laughs> you talk too much. And I was like, oh, things are not going to go well for him. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Exactly. It was a completely done <laughs> moment. Yeah, she freaks out. She grabs her apron and she runs outside and it's late and other businesses are closed. She runs into the only other business that looks like it's open and the owner, um, Adelaide, comes in and assumes that Delaney is there for a job because she's been hiring for an assistant. But she gets, Adelaide gets distracted on the phone and leaves Delaney alone in the front office. And Delaney, being the, the nosy person that she is, starts to go through the files on the desk. Why not? We've all been there <laughs> looking for reading material. You just got to take what's available sometimes. Sometimes it's the back of a shampoo bottle. Sometimes it's files in an office. <laughs> you know, she does have other things to do. She realizes that the place is called Eternamate and it's actually a like a mail order bride service. And she starts reading the files and there are files that are people who've been matched by the company. One of the files is... For a woman named Annabelle, who lives in upstate New York and got matched to a guy in Georgia. Delaney's like, this looks about right for me. I'm going to go and pretend to be Annabelle. And yeah, it's far enough away, but it's not like she needs a passport <laughs> so she can drive it in, what, a day or something? Yeah, like a day. So Delaney goes, she takes that file and she goes back home and she grabs her cat, Captain Underpants. 
and some clothes and stuff. And she just hops in the car and starts driving to Nocturne Falls, Georgia. Um, And on the way there, she does make a pit stop where she calls the real Annabelle and pretends to be Adelaide's assistant and cancels the match for Annabelle. Poor Annabelle. She's a little downhearted about it, but it's okay. It'll all work out for her, I'm sure. (laughs) So meanwhile, we learn about Hugh. Yeah, so we first meet Hugh when he and his grandmother, Eleonora, when she was human, was the dowager duchess so now her nickname is Dee Dee. that's what <laughs> hugh and julian and sebastian hugh's brothers call her and she's a little bit controlling she's sassy which i appreciate just a little yeah apparently she only wears what is it violets or lilacs when she's annoyed and apparently he realizes in that moment she wears violets or lilacs a lot i was like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I forget which it is. I know I just have like a purple flower in my head. So it's one of those. One of Eleanor's friends is, I don't know if friend is the right word. She saved her from the Salem witch trials and her name is Alice. Anyway, Hugh is there with his grandmother and his grandmother's like, dude, I need grandbabies. I've arranged for you to have a bride. He's just like, what? (laughs) No. He is immediately dismissive of the idea. He is not into it for reasons that will be revealed through the story. Well, he tells her. He tells her why. He, he tells her that he doesn't want to. He's never going to get married again. I forget if they say what, what happened with the ex-wife at that point. but No, but she says... She says, um, oh, you should be over her by now. Yes. It's been... I'm thinking what? Close to his age, his vampire age of like 300 plus, 370 plus. Like, it's been a while, dude. Like, you should be over it. And I kind of feel she has a point, but whatever. She is, like I said, desperate for those grandbabies. So she's going to use the only really bargaining chip that she has, which is their daylight medallions. So they have these medallions created by Alice the Witch that enable them to walk in the daylight, which is, I guess, unusual. She'll revoke his medallion if he doesn't agree to at least meet the mail order bride and entertain her for 30 days and take it seriously. Exactly. She sets up the the rules for Hugh and he grudgingly, because, you know, he doesn't want to have his medallion taken away and the possibility of at least becoming a pile of ash. (sighs) Which I feel like is a cruel trick or not trick. Perhaps Eleanor really is that serious because she, for some reason, feels like she can't rely on getting grandbabies out of Julian the man whore and Sebastian the recluse. So it's all on Hugh, unfortunately, for Hugh. I think she is serious because Hugh takes her seriously. And later you find out that she's holding the medallions over Sebastian's head, too. It's terrible. You know? It's like the grandmother doesn't kill care if she kills her grandkids she just wants those little those little vampires she just wants to feel like she's the big boss of their lives and she has been for hundreds of years it's really messed up yeah i agree hugh asks her if um if the bride the prospective bride knows that he's a vampire and dd says yes 
And so Hugh decides, well, I'm going to pretend I'm not a vampire, even though she actually knows, because maybe she's just after, you know, immortality or whatever. Yes, Hugh is worried that Delaney is a romance novel reading tween movie watching vampire lover. I think that's his real fear. I think he feels like he could handle it if if Delaney was, which he actually doesn't think of her as Delaney, of course. He thinks of her as Annabelle. Oh, that trips me up so much. Well, initially he thinks of her as Bridezilla. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie. Keep those thoughts to yourself, buddy. Hugh decides he's going to like obey the letter of Dee Dee's law, but not necessarily the spirit of the law. Which, fair enough, because who wants to be controlled? You're going to look for your loopholes wherever you can get them. Right. So back to Delaney, she's driven all through the night, like eight hours, and she arrives at Nocturne Falls. And as she's driving into town, she sees a board that says Nocturne Falls, where every day is Halloween. And she realizes that Nocturne Falls is actually like a theme town where everything is like Halloween themed (laughs) and they have Halloween themed events and all the stores have Halloweeny names like there's an ice scream shop for example and tombstone the newspaper and the hallowed bean and the poison apple and insomnia <laughs> i love all the names someone's a little fan yes i love all the names <laughs> and like the hitchcock drive or whatever and the black cat street or i can't even remember them all i love them <laughs> But she gets to Hugh's house and she sees it's like a mansion and she's feeling a little intimidated. She doesn't really like lying. Snooping's okay. Lying is Hey, boundaries. Everybody's got their their line. (laughs) And she walks up to the door and rings the doorbell and it's answered by a handsome older gentleman who she thinks is Hugh. And she's like, oh, Silver Fox, you know. But then she realizes he introduces himself as Stanhill, Hugh's secretary. And so he lets Delaney in. Delaney is um, shown to her room. And Stanhill says it's fine that she has her cat with her. And (laughs) he lets her go upstairs and get all freshened up and, you know, take care of Captain Underpants and take a nap. But from that point, just has the name either Captain or Happy. I'm like, aw, she took away his underpants. His main right. coon fur white underpants. Right. So Delaney uh, gets freshened up and she takes a nap. And uh, meanwhile, Hugh wakes up because it's later in the day now. Yes. Yeah, so Hugh wakes up. He doesn't exactly keep vampire hours, but he kind of just wakes up later in the day. And he goes down, talks to his rook, uh, which is uh, Stanhill. Yeah, I can get that straight. Yes, we learned Stanhill's his rook, which is a like a partially turned vampire on the way like he apparently can't be too far away from Hugh for any length of time I'm not exactly sure what would happen if he is but I guess that's one of the the rules for him at any rate they have a really good relationship I feel it's kind of playful it's sort of father-son-ish a little bit because Hugh at least with his grandmother got a little petulant which I thought was funny um I just love the idea of like a 400 (laughs) or 300 year old vampire just I'm like, Grandma, I don't want to. Acting like yes. a man child. But I mean, she sort of reduces him to that <laughs> with the whole, I'm going to manipulate you into having children. True. Stanhill lets Hugh know that, oh, by the way, Annabelle, aka Delaney, has arrived and she's up resting right now. Hugh starts getting upset, like, oh no, you know, Annabelle's here. Now I'm going to have to deal with this. 
And it is in that moment when he is upset that he mentions Annabelle being a bridezilla. And of course, that's the moment that you hear this little throat clearing. And he goes, oh, no, (laughs) I said a word I wasn't supposed to around somebody who wasn't supposed to hear it. And she just kind of bolts. Yeah, because it turns out Delaney woke up and she just, she gets mad runs back upstairs yeah so she's embarrassed she's upset she she goes and takes off up to her room hugh attempts to apologize and does at least enough to get her to agree to stay for a little bit and give him a chance because of course they both have reasons that they want her to stay she's trying to find safety and he's trying to not go crispy right they have a good conversation at that point because um hugh starts I think Hugh tells her that he actually didn't arrange to have a mail order bride and it was all his grandmother's doing. And Delaney kind of assumes that the grandmother's holding like her will over Hugh's head. Which she is. Yeah, kind of. But like her, you know, holding money over his head or something like that. And Hugh doesn't like tell her that that's not true. Yeah, he sort of, (laughs) which it's. It's gray area as far as the truthfulness. It's like, it's not a lie. Yeah, it's it's kind of a lie. It's a lie yeah. by omission. Very much. But, I mean, Hugh is basically pretending that he's human. And he thinks that Delaney already knows he's a vampire. So, you know. Anyway, so Delaney decides she's going to give Hugh another chance. And they agree to start over. And they go downstairs and have dinner together. And then they walk into town to explore the Halloweenness. That is Nocturne Falls. Yes, with the fairy lights and the lit up j- jack-o'-lanterns. And that's where <laughs> they run into Julian. Yes, uh, Julian is one of Hugh's brothers. And Julian is the vampire on duty. So he regularly pretends, in air quotes, to be a vampire to delight the uh, tourists of the town. And ever since he discovered glitter... he's been really especially lucky with the ladies (laughs) i love julian so much (laughs) but they meet julian but doesn't julian like rude he like basically assumes annabelle's like the flavor of the week yeah because he's kind of been going through the ladies particularly it seems like the blonde slender ladies the two relationships that he brings up, like one lasted 10 months and then the other one's five. And he just, he's not finding the right one, you know? So he's not going to stay in a relationship. If well, it's... he doesn't want the right one. He doesn't. I mean, he's not looking for it. He just wants Mrs. Right Now or Miss Right Now. Yes. Which, oddly enough, Julian does too. They just handle it a little differently. And they go into the candy store. Um, Delaney at first is really excited because she loves sweets and stuff, but she realizes it's not really a great candy store. They have like a lot of factory purchased things and not a whole lot of homemade things. Yeah, I mean, hard to find internet finds, but still not homemade. Right. And she's a bit of a sweets nerd, which I love. Right. And they meet the owner, Vicky, who overhears Delaney kind of side-eyeing the sweets. And Delaney gets, like, into a minor confrontation with Vicky over um, over the candy. And she's like, well, no, actually, I like these Necco wafers. These are great, you know. <laughs> Hugh ends up buying, like, all of them. 
Yes. He helps he helps Delaney win her argument or support her argument. Uh, who Delaney at this point has been defending Hugh too. Like she comes to his defense because she doesn't like that Icky Vicky is picking on him. Is it Vicky who mentions Piper? She uh, no, I think it's Julian. Yeah, so at some point they learn or Delaney learns that Hugh recently broke up with Piper. Apparently she didn't take it very well. So after they leave the candy shop, they give out the candy to kids like tourists um, who trick or treat every day because it's Nocturne Falls. And they go and get coffee and they talk, have a get to know you type of moment. And Delaney suggests that they should have a no strings attached sort of fling. Yes. And by this time, like Hughes, like had a little wicked gleam in his eyes. So clearly he's sparking a little bit to Delaney or Annabelle, I should say. Yeah, he's into her. He's super into her, but he is also like afraid of being into her. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he, he's not sure what kind of game she's playing. Yeah. I mean, she makes the little innuendo with about the drinking chocolate where she says, you know, she likes her drinking chocolate like she likes her men. Very strong and very rich. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you can read into that what you will. And then he, of course, gets black <laughs> coffee and he says, simple and uncomplicated, but don't read into it. <laughs> so they're getting a little playful, you know, they're flirty. Yeah. They're having fun. <laughs> he's super into her, but he's like, I thought you were here to get married. Why are you suggesting we have a no strings attached sort of relationship? You know? Yeah, and she even asks him point blank, like, are you a love him and leave him kind of guy? And he just very pointedly says, no, that's Julian. <laughs> it's like, ooh, okay. Anyway, he gets all like suspicious and flustered and he just abruptly wants to leave and he gets up and leaves. And Delaney follows him outside and confronts him again. She's very, um, she's very assertive, which I really like. Yeah, I did too. But she confronts him and then he gives her a kiss. And it's a magical, chocolatey, wonderful kiss. Chocolatey because she just had a brownie. A very delicious brownie. Mm-hmm. An orgasmic brownie. Mm-hmm. And- Sorry, just took a, <laughs> took a sip of water right when you said that. <laughs> that is the right moment to take a drink. Whoops. Well, I think I think when she took a bite of the brownie, she moaned. She did. Like, she know? was and, into that brownie. And Hugh was like, oh, ooh. That was a very Harry Met Sally moment there. Like, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So they're, they're kissing, and it's amazing. And then Piper shows up. Of course. Hello, Piper. We have heard of you. <laughs> and confronts Delaney. And Piper is mad. Because the way she sees it, Hugh has moved on super quickly and she's not over him. She basically thought they were going to get married. Yeah, she thought he was going to propose and he went, I'm not on this knee to give you a ring. I'm down here to tie my shoe. We're breaking up. Yeah. She's a little, little heartbroken there. Apparently when she's hurt, she's going to hurt other people. <laughs> He was pretty upfront about it, I think, with Piper, but I think Piper thought she was changing his mind or something. And she's just P.O.'d and she's super mad at Delaney and they get into it. And at some point, he or Delaney say something like, oh, well, let's go home. And Piper's like, she's living with you? Yeah. And that just sets her off even more. The jealousy intensifies. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. I love the drama. I'm sorry. I love it. Yeah, Piper's a little bit bitter. I know. 
but she brings the drama, and I love the drama. That's why I love Julian, too. Gotta have the drama. Yeah, so the next day, Stanhill uh, takes Delaney to meet Eleonora, the grandma. Delaney and Eleonora kind of clash because Eleonora is expecting, like, someone who's who's basically a yes person. And she asks point blank, like, what do you want? And she finds out Delaney wants a sweet shop. And she basically says, well, if you get my grandson to propose to you, then I will fund your own sweet shop. Which it kind of makes me wonder, like, if Eleonora had made that offer to other ladies, you know, like if she thought, you know, it's possible. I mean, especially with Piper. I mean, she thought it was getting serious. So Piper may have had some additional investment in Hugh that Hugh didn't know about. That's possible. We don't really learn about that, but it's possible. Eleonora isn't a very above board sort of person. She wants to have everyone in her pocket she wants to have something to hold over everyone she does i mean she is a former aristocrat and so she wants to continue that lifestyle yeah so while um delaney is with eleanora stanhill and hugh stanhill goes back home and he and hugh um have a heart to heart before delaney goes over to visit eleanora she does get text messages foreshadowing um from samantha the friend and co-worker and Russell the ex kind of wondering hey where you are and Samantha's like hey the boss is worried it's like oh yeah the boss is worried yeah Delaney keeps getting texts um from her boss too like oh do you want a promotion yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah she knows yeah because I think um, that he knows I think before Delaney <laughs> goes over to Eleanor's like the kiss is brought up in front of Stanhill and so when Hugh and Stanhill are by themselves Stanhill kind of brings up like you kissed her and Hugh gets a little huffy and you know defensive because of course he doesn't want to fall in love right and I think yeah Hugh goes over to visit while Delaney is with Eleonora Hugh goes over to visit his brother Sebastian and ask him Hey, however did you get over your ex, Evangeline? How did how did you do that, accountant brother of mine? And Sebastian goes, <laughs> Oh, you think I'm over her? Ha 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 ha. No. Um <laughs> that's essentially the gist of it. Which makes you kind of feel bad for Sebastian because his wife is gone and he can't leave because grandma has to pull them strings. Yeah, because when Sebastian um, got turned into a vampire, see all the brother, the brothers and the grandmother all got turned into vampires uh, during the Black Plague in what the late 1600s. Yes, and they basically got turned to save to to save them from dying of plague, and Sebastian turned his wife. And his wife decided, oh, I love being a vampire and it'd be so much better if I were single. And she runs off. Julian didn't have a wife and Hugh tried to turn his wife Juliet, but Juliet died instead of turning because apparently not everyone survives being turned And she was, I think, sick with plague too. Like, I don't get the impression that, like, it was sort of a last ditch effort. It was like, either you die or you become a vampire. Like, these are your options. Die of plague or be undead right and Hugh basically has never forgiven himself for this he blames himself for her death yeah which is not really his fault but he feels like it is so I guess because he feels it therefore it's true or at least you have to treat it like it's true 
(laughs) (laughs) It's a major issue throughout the story because this is why Hugh doesn't want to get married again. This is why Hugh doesn't want to like Delaney the way he actually does. This is why Hugh broke up with Piper and whoever else he dated before Piper. You know, he's got issues. So let's see. So after all that, um, Delaney calls Stanhill to get a ride back home from Eleanor's house. And when Stanhill picks her up, he's acting kind of weird. And when they get back to Hugh's house, Stanhill confronts Delaney. He says, who is Delaney James? Because this whole time Delaney's been going by Annabelle. They all think she's Annabelle. So Delaney, to her credit, breaks down and she's just like, I'm Delaney. I pretended to be Annabelle because I witnessed a mob crime and I'm on the run and I'm trying to stay low. And Stanhill believes her and he feels sorry for her. And Delaney says, I'm going to tell you right now and apologize. And Stanhill's like, no, <laughs> I don't think you should. I think you should wait. I think you should wait a while until he's in a better mood. And Delaney's like, what? And Stanhill's, yeah, yeah, you should wait. And so Delaney trusts Stanhill because she knows Stanhill and Hugh are really close. She knows that, you know, Stanhill knows Hugh better than she does. So she just takes his word for it. And so she decides at that point, she's going to tell Hugh, but not yet. Yes. So there's a pin in that. So Hugh returns from his visit, his visit with Sebastian. And he takes Delaney out to dinner. Yes. Which he promised. Yes. And when they're there, they run into Piper. Of course. Hello, Piper. And they have another altercation with Piper, who's still super salty and drunk. Yeah. She's not friendly when she's drunk. No. And so they decide they're going to go eat pizza instead of at that place where Piper is. Yeah, they want to get pizza and they want to get catnip for Captain Underpants. And they're getting along great. They're they're doing really well. But when they get home, there's a car in the driveway (laughs) and it's Piper's car. Hello, Piper. And Hugh is like, oh, my gosh. So they go inside. Piper's inside she's wasted (laughs) and piper drops a bomb on hugh and says that woman isn't who you think she is she isn't annabelle i called the real annabelle who said she was canceled on this woman is someone else an imposter and delaney just comes clean She comes clean. She tells everyone who she really is, what her name is, what her story is. And then Piper gets kind of escorted out. Hugh is initially super mad. Which is understandable. But he realizes, well, he asks Delaney, he he asks her, so was any of this real? Yeah. And Delaney is like, well... I am really bad at lying. So basically the only thing that wasn't real was like who I am and why I'm here. (laughs) What's your big thing? But everything else (laughs) was just me, (laughs) you know, and Hugh forgives her. Yeah, he does. He's like, he understands. He's also grown to care about her. And he hears that she's potentially in danger from the mob. So he's like, no, no, it's okay. You can stay here. It's fine. We'll figure this out. Don't leave. Because that's what Delaney's thinking. <laughs> She's like, well, the, the ruse is up. The jig is up. I guess I gotta go. And he's like, no, no, you're staying. Right. 
And so uh, he calls the sheriff, Sheriff Marrow, um, who happens to be a werewolf, unbeknownst to Delaney. And he comes to take a report on the crime that Delaney witnessed. Um, we learn that Delaney had reported this already before she left. Like she had made an additional pit stop on her way to Nocturne Falls and reported it to the sheriff, but she never heard back. Yeah, no body was found. So it's sort of like no body, no crime, I guess. Yeah, but Sheriff Marrow takes it seriously and he says he'll look into it. Yeah, we're not even sure if the guy that was shot is dead. We just know he was shot. Right. And there's video yes. of it. But while Marrow is there, Eleonora shows up. <laughs> Because she's nosy, just like Delaney. Yeah, she sees cop cars, like, outside of her her <laughs> grandson's house and is like, this is a little unusual. I think I need to go investigate. <laughs> so she shows up, finds out what's going on, uh, sort of, and casually mentions the vampire werewolf war, like, as a joke. <laughs> because she doesn't realize Delaney isn't Annabelle. And Delaney's like, what? And Delaney's like... <laughs> what vampire werewolf war what and she realizes that not everything is as it seems Well, she's initially and i think this is is completely legitimate she just thinks she's with crazy people like she's like these whoever these people are they clearly have not taken their meds yeah she's like well either they're crazy or they're monsters either way i'm out <laughs> so she climbs out of the second story window with her cat who I think she crushes a little bit on the way down. Poor Captain. <laughs> and she runs away through the woods. Just her and Captain Underpants. Yep, because apparently she forgot that she has a car. And in her haste to get out of there, she's like, yep, yep, I'm going to climb out the window and just run into the darkened woods. That's the better place for me. Mm-hmm. Hugh, of course, is silently following her. In a not creepy way. And he sees her. He tries to not be <laughs> creepy about it. Which I think he's worried about her. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's worried. I mean, we're all worried. She ran into a darkened wood. Yeah, she realizes that this running through the woods plan, you know, wasn't very great. And she kind of sits down and starts having a little panic moment. Yes. And Hugh shows up and reveals himself and they have a talk. He tries to prove that he's a vampire by picking her up and moving super duper fast. Vampire speed. Yes, he uses his super vampire speed. And then after that, Delaney faints. Because she's had a day. And when she wakes up, <laughs> when she wakes up, she's back at Hugh's house in her bed. And she's just like, is he crazy? Is he a vampire? But she remembers the speed and everything. And she's starting to believe that he's actually who he says he is. Or what he says Yeah, and he Hugh is. tells her, like, when he was turned and the conditions and everything. No, this is not a parlor trick. I think even at that point, she touches his fang and realizes it is indeed sharp. Right, it draws blood and he asks her if he can have it. Or she lets him uh, lick the blood off her finger. So that's quite a moment. Mm-hmm. Is it this point he tells her about Juliet? Yeah, he starts to open up a little bit about about his past he doesn't necessarily go into everything because he's very guarded so instead of saying everything right about his marriage to Julia, it's sort of yes I had a wife she passed away he doesn't really go into why I think as far as like it was a condition of the turning into a vampire well he says she passed away yeah but I don't think he tells her at that yeah, point yeah he doesn't why. go into explaining things too much 
But Delaney at that point, I think, opens up more about her backstory and her absent father and the that her mother had breast cancer and that she went to her father's wedding and let him have it. She does not trust men easily because her father abandoned her mother when she was sick and she's got a ex-cheating boyfriend. Yeah, she's just got issues with trusting And it's understandable. And so Hugh kind of files all this information away like okay trust issues so he i think in that spirit it's why he tries to be as honest as he can because he sees that delaney is clearly being honest with him but you know hugh has his own issues and so he he can only open up so much so hugh decides he's going to take delaney to a supernatural club insomnia since now she knows about the existence of supernaturals he's gonna let her kind of see like that side of nocturne falls And they get all jazzed up and he gives her this beautiful necklace to wear that has a dragonfly on it. And he tells her that it was his mother's. And they go to the club and um, run into Pandora, who's a realtor and also a witch. And she starts talking to Hugh about what's he going to do with that big empty building he has. And Delaney gets a little insecure. And so she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And on the way to the bathroom, um, she runs into uh, Nick, who's the bouncer at the club, and he's actually a gargoyle. And so they're chatting, and Hugh looks over to see where Delaney is, and he sees her talking and laughing with some other guy, and he's like, excuse me? Before that moment, I think that's when actually they do the the fang thing, because she says, show me your fangs again, because he showed her his fangs in the woods, But she's like, no, no, you can buy those. They can be fake. Uh, But in the club, now she's a believer. And so she's like, show me your fangs again. And then that's when she learns they're sharp. And so then they have a nice little moment with the blood tasting. Yeah, it's the delicious blood. It is life. Um, Hugh gets gets jelly because uh, he sees Delaney talking to some other dude. And he goes over there, realizes, no, he's fine everything's good yeah he borderline like rage quits the booth that they were sitting in or the table and goes over and but he handles it like he doesn't go over like stay away from my woman or any silly thing like that he just kind of calmly assesses the situation realizes danny's not in danger of being taken away from him in some way and lets it go so after the bathroom scene yeah they go get a private booth. Julian shows up. Hello, Julian. And he points out, like, that necklace yeah. is pretty. I think I've seen that before. Oh, yeah, on your dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love Julian. And Delaney freaks out because Hugh lied to her. Yep, that's what she's upset about. She freaks out a little, like, oh, my God, you put your dead wife's necklace on me. But she's mostly upset, like, that he lied after she told him about her And because they were trying to be honest with one another. It's like, oh, we're going to be honest. Yay, from this point, honesty. And then, boom, the necklace. Right. And Hugh has, Hugh is really conflicted. He, um, this whole necklace part is really interesting to me because... It is really kind of creepy. Like, I'm going to give you my dead wife's necklace to wear. Yeah, he does this a couple of times, like with the experiments, like the kiss after they go get chocolate and then the the necklace. Like each of those times, Hugh says, well, it was an experiment. I wanted to see how I would feel. 
And it's like, okay, right. so you're toying with her? Like, what? what's exactly going on in your head? Yeah. Did you give this necklace yeah. to Piper and let her wear it and you felt nothing? Or you felt like she was wearing Juliet's necklace and therefore, you know, where exactly is this experimenting coming from? Like, I, I realize you're supposed to be scientific, but these experiments seem to be spontaneous, which to me is a little less experimental because, like, there's less thought and planning involved. Right. And I think for him, the necklace is symbolic because... He loved Juliet, and the necklace was a symbol of that. And he wants to see what that would look like on Delaney. And he realizes he likes it better. Yeah, I question his love for Juliet. I also kind of wonder, like, if Piper isn't... I kind of think all the women he's been with are similar to Juliet. So it makes me wonder about Juliet, because is Piper... (laughs) Is Piper's behavior indicative of Juliet's behavior in the past? Because Hugh intimates later on in the story that he was a very different guy when he was human. So it makes me kind of wonder what he was like. Right, right. He's changed a lot in the 300 plus years he's been around. In theory. Um, They have a makeout in the booth. Um, They decide they're going to give the relationship a real shot. And when they go home, Delaney tells Hugh that she's falling for him. And then they have sex. And we don't get to see it. Nope, that door stays but closed. Apparently it's amazing. That is a private private moment for them, not for us. Unfortunately. Yes, and so Stan Hill the next morning looks at Hugh and says, You had sex. To which Hugh says, Don't be vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, but I'm kinda I'm kinda along with Stan Hill. I'm like, <laughs> tell me about it. Come on. But Hugh's like, no, he no. wants to be a gentleman and not say, which I don't know. I mean, we know Stan Hill has like improved hearing. He probably could hear them. Oh, I'm sure he, he probably could. doesn't really need to be told what happened. He probably um, knows exactly what happened. Hugh leaves Delaney a note saying he's going on an errand. And so when Delaney wakes up, Hugh's already gone. And she decides she's going to go into town and buy some clothes because she's running out of clothes. Meanwhile, Hugh, his errand is to go confront Piper. Well, Piper's actually a journalist. She works at the local newspaper. The Tombstone. I wrote down the name because I liked it. And when Hugh goes to talk to her, he wants to find out what Piper knows. He wants to try to keep Delaney safe if he can. But of course he can because he's a vampire and that should be easy peasy for him. You would think. And Piper tells him that she knows that a missing persons report was filed on Delaney, but that's all she really knows. And then he gets a call from the sheriff who tells him that two thugs were spotted at the local dive bar, Howlers, and they were looking for New Yorkers. Hugh meets back up with Delaney and they go to the sheriff's office to look at pictures of footage that was taken at the bar. Exactly, and that's when they concoct the plan to use Delaney as bait to get the the out-of-towners right. to show themselves. And that is what they do. Hugh needs some convincing because, of course, he cares about Delaney and he doesn't want her to be used in that way. But it's like, hey, the sooner we get this over with, the sooner we can live a normal life. Isn't that what we want? And Delaney is totally on board because she just wants some sort of conclusion, I think. She wants 
this all to be over. Well, she doesn't want to live in fear. Right. She and wants it to be over. We're just wondering what his reach is, because we know Russell has contacted her. Samantha has contacted her. Like, I don't know if I should be picturing, like, them tied to chairs and, like, the boss is trying to pump them for information. Like, how much danger are Russell and Samantha in? Right. We don't know. And Delaney doesn't really think about that. She's not really all that worried. I could see her not being that worried about Russell, but I would kind of think her maybe friend and co-worker she'd be at least a little worried about. You would hope. Especially if the former boss is really all that scary. Mm-hmm. But they hatch this plan, and then that night, um, Delaney and Hugh go to Howler's to try to draw the guys out ahead of time, because the plan was to draw the guys out at the parade that was the next day. They have a parade called the Panic Parade that takes place off for May Day, <laughs> which I really appreciated <laughs> the pun, May Day, Panic Parade. I thought that was great. That's awesome. Um, I want a panic parade. Can we have those? Can we start that? Can we make that a thing? I want yeah. that to be a thing. <laughs> instead of a May Day, we, I want a panic parade. But instead of Definitely. doing that, they decide, oh, let's go to the bar ahead of time and see if we can catch them early. And then we, and then we can actually enjoy the parade. And so it works, sort of. They get, they get to the bar. They pretend to be drunk. They stumble out into the back alley and start making out and these three thugs follow them out and try to uh, bean Hugh with a with a bottle. But um, Hugh takes them out easily and they all get arrested. Yes, so Hugh does take care of them. He does use some supernatural energy or power in order to do that. As a result, he then needs to feed. Mm -hmm. And Delaney asks if she can watch. <laughs> She's she's being supportive. I guess that's and the way to look at it. I think she's into it. And Hugh is like, well, it's kind of intimate, but okay. He tries to be okay with it. He's he's trying to. <laughs> he takes her into the basement, um, which is actually his lab. He tells her about the amulet. And he reveals the secret of the amulet to her. And how he's been working in the lab to try to find a replacement for the amulet. So his grandmother won't be able to hold it over his head anymore. And they talk about Juliet. And then Hugh tells Delaney that he's in love with her. And then he goes to the fridge to get some blood from a bag. And Delaney um, picks up a scalpel and cuts herself like, oopsie, I didn't realize this was that sharp. Like she thought she would tempt him a little because he refuses to drink her blood. Yeah, like, I think he was like, no, no, I don't want to do this. This is my boundary. Please don't cross this. Don't do this. And then she's like, oops. Oops, I cut myself. Which is a little wrong of her. It was really messed up. Yeah. And Hugh freaks out and he calls for Stanhill and makes Stanhill, like, take Delaney away and, like, bandage up her hand and everything. And he's like, I need space. Yeah, because I think at this point he's sort of realizing, like, Delaney will, which she's, he's not wrong, Delaney will hurt herself to get what she wants. Yeah. You know, maybe I need to take precautions for Delaney's safety and then push her away in order to save and protect her, which is annoying, but truthful considering how that played out. Right. Hugh basically, yeah, Hugh decides he's going to have to break her heart to protect her from herself, basically. 
Well, from himself is the way he sees it. But yeah, from herself. <laughs> Stanhill um, basically tells Delaney what's up. He's like, that was not cool. You should not have done that. <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah, he reprimands yeah. her. And Delaney um, agrees she's going to apologize to Hugh. And she does. Like, she tries to make make amends and say, I'm so sorry that I did that. But Hugh, of course, is still, he still has emotions about it. So he's not letting it go. So even when they go to the panic parade, he and her are walking along and she tries to take his hand. He, like, drops it. And her feelings are really hurt. Like, she feels rejected. Russell comes back into her mind and she's like, well, if this is how this is going to be, I'll just leave. And she leaves and runs off and disappears into the crowd and Hughes in his own headspace. And I guess vampire abilities are turned off at that point. So he doesn't he isn't aware of where <laughs> she's gone. She just disappears like some kid in a crowd. And he's like, wait, where did she go? What's going on? What's my name? Yeah, he realizes she's gone at some point and then he starts freaking out and looking for her and he runs into Sheriff Marrow and they both start looking for her and Hugh decides he's going to go home and see if she went back there. Marrow catches up with him and finds out uh, or tells Hugh that Delaney was taken into the woods by two large men. She looked drunk and these two men were like kind of supporting her off into the woods. Yes, and of course that makes Hugh very upset. So he's like, we need to search everywhere we need to call every deputy and deputize the town find her yeah hugh organizes a posse basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, meanwhile delaney wakes up tied to a chair and one of the guys comes in and delaney's like he looks like he would be called fat eddie so she kind of just nicknames him fat eddie in her head <laughs> and he starts questioning her about what she'd seen at the restaurant and Delaney is very brave. She's, she talks back to him. Fat Eddie treats her really roughly. She, she gets slapped around and shaken and all this stuff. He threatens her life. And Delaney says, well, I have video of Rastinelli shooting this guy. And he's like, no, you don't. And so she's all, well, it's on my phone. And so he sees it on the phone and he deletes it. And he's all, haha, it's not on your phone anymore. And Delaney's like, well, actually, I backed that up on my laptop, which is back at my boyfriend's house, you know, and it's going to get sent out in an email if I don't log in soon. And so he sends some of his crew out to go get the laptop. Which she is sort of thinking like, yes, yes, I'm going to send you right into the vampire's mouth. Like she's... <laughs> She's basically setting yeah. these guys up to have their asses handed to them, which we're okay with because they've just beaten up on her. Yeah, this is like her last grab for being saved. You know, she's all, I don't know if Hugh knows where I am, but this will give him a clue. You know, he'll figure it out from here. Yeah, she's trying to get herself saved, which I like. You know, it's not the, mm -hmm. oh, the guy will just save me. She's actually trying to do what she can to make it happen. Right, she's really proactive. Yeah, which I like. So the sheriff, like the posse split up and the sheriff goes and arrests the, the guys who left. Hugh finds Delaney and incapacitates Fat Eddie and rescues her. And it's just, 
very fraught with emotion. At first, Delaney thinks the fat Eddie's dead, and he's like, no. Yeah, at and first, when the he... lights go out, she thinks that she's still getting attacked by fat Eddie. So when she feels hands on her, she thinks it's him, and she actually fights back. Right. So after she gets rescued, Hugh proposes to her. And he reveals that he's afraid that if he tries to turn Delaney into a vampire, um, she'll die just like Juliet. But he agrees that he's willing to do so if she wants it. Yeah, because he doesn't want her helpless. And he's like, if you were a vampire, you could have taken these guys. So, right. We need to beef you up, (laughs) so to speak. Right. Or buff you up, beef you up, something. Uh, the next day, Delaney goes to visit Eleonora again and tells her, like, hey, so I got him to propose to me, but our deal is off and we're having a new deal now. And Eleanor is like, what are you even talking about? I hold all the cards. And Delaney's like, actually, you don't because any future grandbabies will not be knowing their grandma unless you promise to never hold the amulet over Hugh's head again. And um, Eleonora backs down because she's wants her grandbabies. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird moments. Like, I love that Delaney is standing up to her and the grandbabies really are her only bargaining chip. I just it makes you a little uncomfortable that she's using the, the potential children in this way or kid. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, mm, like, like there wasn't a deal with her and Eleanor before, because even when Eleanor made the offer, Delaney didn't accept it. She just didn't tell her no, which. Right. That's sort of a gray area, I guess. But. She let Eleanor think that she was on board. Yeah, I guess that's the, which I think at that point in the story, she's still sort of worried about her safety. So she's sort of like, well, I don't want to Mm -hmm. jeopardize me being kicked out. So I will appear to go along with this until I can't anymore or don't want to. And so in this instance, this is her standing up to Eleonora, which I like. It's yeah, there's just the weird like my children are bargaining chips thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that it's pretty messed up to hold your kids or even hypothetical kids over someone's head. But at the same time, I think that Delaney really does need to lay down the boundaries. She's like, no, I get to say who my children have a relationship with. And if you're going to be the type of person that holds stuff over Hugh's head, then I don't want you to have a relationship with my children. Yeah. No. And so she doesn't word it that way, but that's kind of the way I see it. Like, I wouldn't let my children um, know somebody who is like that. Exactly. I, you know. I think that she has every right to establish who will or will not have contact with her potential children. Yeah. So while it's kind of clumsily handled and it was kind of made like, well, my children are a bargaining chip, I... I kind of cut her a little slack because I agree with her reasoning. Like, no, I don't think Eleonora should get to see the grandbabies if Eleanor isn't going to change. You know, plus she's also recovering from having gotten attacked. And so mm. she's had a day. <laughs> so A bit. Let's, a bit of a day. <laughs> let, let's give her a little bit of, you know, a little bit of love, a little bit of forgiveness. 
Oh, and the whole time she's talking to Eleonora, she has Stanhill there watching her because Stanhill drives her over there and asks if he wants, if she wants him to leave. And she's like, no, I want a witness. And so Stanhill sees all this go on. Yes. So he can then report back to Hugh how it happened. Mm -hmm. The truth. Truth is very important. Yes. And Stanhill actually gives Hugh an idea because he hears about how Delaney wants to open her own sweet shop. Yes. So it all works out. Yeah. Stanhill also intervened with help with Hugh as far as you need to go see Willa, the jeweler, and maybe get a charm made or something. Charm or ring to help Delaney with the transition. Like, it's witch's mm-hmm. magic, I guess, that helps with a vampire's transition. But maybe the fey magic from Willa the Fey Jeweler can assist with that. And Hugh agrees because he's freaking out because Delaney wants to be turned. He said he'd turn her and now he's worried she'll die just like Juliet died. Yes. And so when he goes to see Willa... He commissions a ring and it costs a ton of money and something invaluable from Hugh that he will have to give up. Yeah, Hugh gives his medallion that allows him to walk in the day, or, or amulet, I should say, not medallion, his amulet to Willa because in order to make the magic work, he has to give up something that is irreplaceable and that he is greatly attached to which which he does which is a sign of his commitment which is just ironic because of course there went Delaney's big spiel of you'll never use that amulet (laughs) to manipulate Hugh again and then meanwhile Hugh's like no no she won't because it's been melted down or sacrificed or whatever (laughs) it was kind of a monkey's paw situation So Delaney goes to battle for Hugh, but Hugh has basically made a stand for himself where he's choosing Delaney over anything else, even his ability to walk in the daytime. He is willing to be crispy for her. And so we learn it takes three days to turn into a vampire. And coincidentally, the ring will be also ready in three days. And so uh, Delaney pushes Hugh to start that night. And the first night, Uh, He bites her, but it's like a sexy biting because they like make love and he bites her and it's romantic and everything. But after that, and he has some semblance of control at that point, because, of course, once the biting starts and the process starts, then the bloodlust kicks in. Right. Because after that, Hugh becomes like obsessed with her. He wants to just keep drinking her blood until there's none left so he tells her he has to stay away from her until the next biting the next bite is to take place (laughs) and it's during this process too that hugh opens up about some of his past as well as far as he and juliet with the miscarriages and the stillborn child Mm -hmm. so you kind of get the sense like that may have also been why he was not wanting to get married, not wanting to have kids. So he had some reasons. Yeah. Hugh has a really sad backstory. He does. So after the second bite, Hugh goes off to be gone all day and Delaney wakes up and she's a rook like Stanhill. And Stanhill is ready for this and 
feeds her a ton because apparently now she's super duper hungry and she bakes and she has a really awesome last day in the sun. And then the third night she gets the ring and she gets bitten again and she basically dies. Like she gets gray and just lays really still. And I guess this is part of the process. And Hugh just sits and waits and waits and waits and he's freaking out and she doesn't wake up and she doesn't wake up and she doesn't wake up. And after like five hours, he basically has decided that she died because it's taking way longer than it should. Yeah, he thinks it took longer than it was taking for Juliet even. Mm -hmm. Like he's just, he's made up his mind as to what the outcome is. And so when the sunrise starts to come closer, he decides he's going to go outside into the sun and die because he can't stand to live with himself after that. Delaney wakes up at the last possible moment and stops him. Yeah, I think the tension was really well handled in the moment in the story because you know because of the charming nature of the book and it's it's a very cozy romance, you know everything's gonna end happily ever after. Right. But Painter does a really good job at this moment because there is that tension because Hugh is so convinced that that's it. Yeah, Hugh, yeah, Hugh decided basically, oh, she died. It didn't work. Exactly. And so he's like, you know what? I killed another one. I'm done. I'm going to go face the dawn. I can't handle this anymore. Which, interestingly, makes me want to kind of ask him, like, okay, so what's going to happen to Stanhill? Yeah, I don't know what that would do to Stanhill. That's a good question. You know, <laughs> like, you're going to go commit suicide. Okay. Anyway. That's not really brought up in the story. No. But Stanhill sees them as the sun is rising and he's like, get inside. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, Save yourselves. Yeah. Later, uh, when the sun goes down, uh, Hugh takes Delaney to, um, to the abandoned building that he had and tells her she can open her own sweet shop in the building and he'll give her whatever she needs to open the sweet shop his brothers show up yeah sebastian shows up with a message from Dee Dee in the form of an envelope and in that envelope are two amulets one for hugh and one for delaney because of course now she wants to keep her baby makers safe right <laughs> the incubator must survive exactly <laughs> Uh, but in the message, she says that these are no strings attached amulets. And so it kind of shows that Eleanor is trying to change too. She is. And I thought it was interesting that she had these other two amulets, which make me, makes me kind of wonder. That's what, that's what I meant about Alice being a really intriguing character. So Alice is a Salem witch that Eleanor saved. And so Alice... Right. And she's super powerful because she's taken on like the souls of all the dead witches at the time or something exactly the the other witches of her coven the 10 souls so she's incredibly powerful and it makes me kind of wonder because earlier in the story is there's sort of the the hint that maybe the amulets that have been created that's all that have, that can be created so it makes me kind of wonder is she able to make new ones or were these already made like what's her power level right now <laughs> Yeah, I kind of assume that she made them. I kind of assume that Eleonora just had Alice's powers on tap. 
Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, especially because there's, there's so many little things in the story that are really intriguing. Like, when Hugh's really worried that Delaney is there to steal his, you know, the formulas he's been working on to be able to walk in the day without the amulets. Uh-huh. You know, he's worried about that. He mentions that he wants to, to keep information to himself because who knows, somebody may use that information against him later or them later. So it makes me kind of wonder, like, what betrayal happened to you that's made you quite this paranoid? Yeah. I'm not denying that you should be paranoid because apparently you guys are like the only vampires that can walk in the day and you don't seem to understand enough of the vampire turning process, which makes me think maybe you don't interact with a lot of vampires. He's kind of reclusive. They're all kind of reclusive because they make this town and then they just kind Mm -hmm. of go away from the world. So we end with uh, Hugh and Delaney christening the shop, basically, and then that's the end. The end. (laughs) So, Em, are you happy for their happy? I am. I really liked them as a couple, and I thought they had great chemistry. They talked their problems out. I know there were moments where it was like you just really were frustrated that Hugh wasn't opening up enough, but there are reasons. I I feel like that could be explored a little more. But I think they were a well-put-together character couple. What about you? I am, too. I think they had a really healthy relationship. I think that there was a lot of uh, communication. And I really liked how every time Hugh tried to pull away or shut down, Delaney would call him on his shit. (laughs) And she's just like, "Um, excuse you, you need to talk to me. And I think that really helps um, him and... I think he helps her, you know, because she realizes that he loves her and will protect her no matter what. And so I think that I think that I am. I'm really happy that they're together. Yeah, safety was very important to her and he was definitely willing to provide a safe place for her. Right. Violently so. (laughs) Right. So let's see. On a scale of awesome to awful, how would you rate Hugh? I would say he was enjoyable. I'd say he's awesome, borderline enjoyable. There were some frustrating elements of his character, but I think that's just because he's he was a more realistic character. I don't mind getting frustrated with characters because it means, well, I guess it depends on why I'm getting frustrated. But at least in that instance, it was like, no, no, I want to argue with him. So it makes it him feel more tangible. What about you? How would you rate Hugh? I thought he was pretty awesome. He was a little pathetic <laughs> um, and a little bit. He was a little bit stereotypical brooding vampire. He was a bit of a even brooder. Even though it wasn't for your usual reasons. He was. You know, but he is, he is pretty angsty over the death of his wife and everything. But I did really appreciate his protectiveness and his cool vampire powers and how he liked being a vampire. Yeah. Like it was just like just who he was. It wasn't a big deal to him. Yeah, the reasons he was broody wasn't his vampireness, which was nice. Yes. And I really liked his relationship with his rook, Stan Hill. I thought that their relationship was awesome, too. So Hugh is awesome. What about Delaney? Um, with Delaney, I would rate her... I put a delightful, like she's delightfully awesome. She was fun. <laughs> there was some things, Delaney, there was some things that she did that, you know, the, the children as a bargaining chip and the manipulation with the, oh, look, I cut my hand. Mm-hmm. There were those things that I didn't like so much. But overall, I mean, she stands up for herself. She stood up for Hugh. She may not have stood up for Samantha and Russell, but I guess that's fine. 
Um, or at least was a little curious because they're sort of like, oh no, it's okay. Sheriff Moreau will deal with the baddies that linger. We can just go on and be happy now. He'll deal with that <laughs> stuff. That's that's his job. What about you? Um, I thought she was awesome. She's fun. She seemed like a good person. She's really brave. Um, I think she'd be a cool friend. Like I'd like to hang out yeah. with her. I think she's maybe a little more spontaneous than she should be. She doesn't really think things through. Well, neither does you. Now she's like, I'll steal. I'll steal someone's identity. I'll video a mobster kill a guy. He's just <laughs> as spontaneous with the, oh, I feel like kissing you and oh, will you wear this this necklace that belonged to my uh, <laughs> mother? I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's just as spontaneous in certain ways that are still problematic. But Delaney's like, whoopsie, I cut my finger. I guess she'll have to drink my blood now. I know. Like she makes potentially life-threatening decisions on a whim. Yeah, and he makes potentially soul-crushing ones. So, you know, they balance out. <laughs> but they, they are really yeah. good together. The, the chemistry of the couple is very good. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> so what about the the antagonist of the story? I loved Piper. I I don't think you did, but I I enjoyed her and the drama that she brought. I'm like, please, please, let's have some more. I just, I don't know. I love it. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person, but that's fine. I love characters miserable. It's fun. They need to be at least a little bit unhappy so that things are moving. Yeah, I really did not like Piper. She was an awful person and she really felt like she was just inserted to move the story along. And while she served her purpose, I just, she didn't feel very three-dimensional. Yeah, I think she could have been fleshed out a little more. Like, especially if they could draw some parallels between Piper and Juliet. Yeah. Rather than, like, I'm wondering if there are. I think that could have yeah. helped. Yeah, and then Ra- Rastinelli, the mob guy, he wasn't even really present, you know? Like, the thugs were there. They were they were villainous, but that was really only at the end. And we don't even really get any closure about what happened with the whole thing, with the crime. No, Sheriff Moreau is just supposed to deal with it, whatever that is. And I guess since she's been made a vampire, they aren't a threat anymore, so. True. The threat of him was all psychological, but that mm-hmm. faded pretty quickly. And then, of course, with which is often the case with vampires and stories, like they're just made so powerful that any sort of human threat is just non-existent. Right. Which was a problem that I had towards the end with Delaney being captured is because you know when he gets there, it's fine. So it takes, Mm -hmm. and it was. And so it takes a lot of the tension and the worry out. I wonder if that's why the author felt comfortable making this scene so intense because it was pretty violent. It was a pretty intense scene. And I think you're right. I think that knowing that Hugh was going to be able to handle it you know, with his awesome vampireness. Yeah, there were there were other things that she did too to take the tension out of the scene for me, which was when Delaney uses the I forget what she says, like crispy cracker crackers or holy rock candy or something like that, instead of using a swear word mm-hmm. <laughs> or not saying anything. Cause I think in those moments I was like, No no, when you've got a gun to your head you're not thinking holy guacamole. You wouldn't think so. You're thinking a lot of things <laughs> that are four letters. Right. And holy may be involved, but it's not guacamole <laughs> that you're thinking of. And especially since earlier when she cuts herself, she does say crap. True. I mean, there may have been a conscious effort on Painter's part to not swear at all. 
which is fine if that's if that's her thing. Yeah. But in those moments, just don't include that because as soon as as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, now I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> it took away my uncomfortable fear thing that I had going on that I was enjoying. <laughs> the tension. It's it's undone. I don't know. I kind of felt like the real villain was Eleonora. Honestly, she's a terrible, terrible person. I agree. She's way more villainous than all the yeah, others. She's she thinks she's gonna hold, you know, the amulets over her grandson's heads. I mean, presumably she loves her grandkids. Maybe but she's willing to force them to bow to her whims. She's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> threat of the quote-unquote true death yeah she's she's terrible not even a comfortable one she's terrible she's not a very good person slash vampire no or maybe as a vampire she is is a good vampire i don't know we don't see too many other vampires outside of their family to be able to compare we don't have a very good basis for comparison so on a scale of one to five what would you rate the book I'd give it a four. Okay. It's totally worth a reread. I really enjoyed it. It was charming. There was, of course, the happy ending, which they earned, I feel. I feel like it was warranted. Mm -hmm. I think they're a good couple. I would continue with the series. So a solid four. What about you? I rated it a three, and I agree with you. I thought it was really good. I definitely am going to read the next one. I felt that ending was a little too pat we don't really know what happened with the mob or anything like that but i mean i guess the important thing is that hugh and delaney got together and they got all their issues sorted out so three stars for me so erica do you feel romanced no i felt blue balled <laughs> there was no sex in this story aside from a couple scenes that it was implied the kissing was really really good but that was it Hugh <laughs> was, I thought, a very sexy guy. Yeah. There yeah. were some scenes where I was... I imagined a sexy guy in my head. Yeah, there were a couple scenes where I was like, oh yeah, let's keep going. And then the author's like, nope, shut the door. <laughs> so, no, not really. What about you? Did you feel romanced, Em? I did. I mean, it, it's a charming story. I I was charmed. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that a, in a romance that, especially when the characters have such good chemistry and the, the intimacy is created in other ways other than a sex scene, I don't necessarily think you need it. I don't need it to be like super graphic necessarily, but I want, I want some. I want more of them as a couple together. <laughs> you know, it's not even, I mean, part of it is the sex, sure, but a lot of it is just like seeing them as a couple together. Yeah, I understand that i mean i definitely would have enjoyed i think honestly if there were scenes that i feel like needed more work it was more the the violence ones i don't know what that says about me <laughs> and wants more violence i i do like me some violence that is true but it's true it's it was those moments where it's like you know you needed to be incapacitated in some way to make me scared that the happy mm -hmm. ending is in is in jeopardy because mm -hmm. there was the only time that was really successfully achieved was at the very end, which is still good. Um, she did handle that very well. Now, I would say that I was romanced. Yeah, it's a very charming romantic story. Yes. So what else are you reading? Well, I have continued the series 
and I'm reading The Werewolf Meets His Match, and it's about Sheriff Moreau and his love connection that he is attempting to make with his arranged bride in the name of Ivy. Ooh, well, I'm interested. I'm going to start reading it today. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. You'll like it. I've been waiting. You'll like it. You will. It's so cute. I like Ivy. I like her feistiness. I like that she has secrets. And she has a reason to, a really good reason, to keep those secrets. Sheriff Moreau is a good character, I think. I'm not usually into, as I've told you, like, usually the shifter books. uh, But I actually really like this one. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to it. So what about you, Erica? What are you reading? So I just finished a book. It's not a romance. It's called Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel. And it's a drama with two unreliable narrators and Mm -hmm. one of them is the mother and the other is the daughter and the mother um had been keeping the daughter ill all through her childhood so munchausen's by proxy and she gets found out and put away in prison for five years and the story picks up right when the mother gets out of prison and they reunite and it's such a good story it really keeps you on the edge of your seat it was just really good had a really great ending i have to add that to my my incredibly long reading list oh my gosh (laughs) i'm never gonna get through all these books but that's not a bad problem to have so bring on the books so i think that's the end so check out our website romancemepodcast.com for show notes other episodes and our upcoming reads Join us next time when we discuss Wildest Dreams by Kristen Ashley. Bye. Bye.